someone had a brilliant idea of giving computers control of the entire world and the entire world's infrastructure, and then doing the absolute bare minimum to secure any of them. So DEF CON is a cross between an academic conference, a meetup of hackers, and a really big party. There's been some systems that I've attacked where it really, really is just like you, you ask for, like, it just, you just ask it nicely and it just gives you everything. Like your future is when these models can, can connect to the internet and you can um, connect to APIs. For example, ChatGPT recently lost ChatGPT plugins, which is a great feature. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to a slightly different future of product. Uh, today, my guest is Cody Ho, uh, winner of two of the top three spots of this year's DEF CON, which had an unsurprisingly heavy focus on AI technology. Uh, Cody, thanks so much for joining me today. Of course, great to be here. Awesome. So before we get into your win, uh, could you take just a minute or so to kind of tell me about what got you into hacking in the first place? Oh, absolutely. So I actually wasn't big into hacking before I got into Stanford. Um, but once I was here, I was aggressively recruited by our coach, a um, man named Alex Keller. And he just really, I feel, did a really good job of motivating me and just really emphasizing the importance of security. That someone had a brilliant idea of giving computers control of the entire world and the entire world's infrastructure. And then doing the absolute bare minimum to secure any of them. And we're starting to learn that that's not that great of an idea and that there's going to be a really big need in the future for people to protect ourselves and to ensure that we reap the benefits of technology and computing and not have to worry about all of it being destroyed overnight because we forgot there's some virus and some hole in our defense. So I'm just really passionate about trying to like keep people safe and ensure that, like again, we can just use computers well for our own benefit. Right. Awesome, man. So just to be clear for the audience, you would consider yourself a white hat as opposed to a black hat hacker. 99% white hat, 1% black hat. Got you, got you. <laughs> got to keep that fun 1%. Yeah, for the fun one, but no. Um, <laughs> like, white hat, it's just, it's just the right way of doing things. Like, yeah, ha hacking for fun and profit is great. Hacking to be an asshole and to break things left and right is not. That's the mm. way to do it. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. So. That being said, was this your first DEF CON, by the way? Second. Second. Okay, got you. Now, real quick, um, for those who aren't familiar, could you explain DEF CON, just kind of what it is, kind of what it means to the culture? Oh, absolutely. So DEF CON is a cross between an academic conference, a meetup of hackers, and a really big party. So it's the largest cybersecurity conference in the entire world. There's like 30,000 people, I think, this year, something similar last year. And there's just tons of really awesome things to do, all which, which involve hacking. There's a whole bunch of talks, there's a whole bunch of parties, a bunch of meetups, um, there's competitions, which is what we're here to talk about today. Uh, there's various just general challenges. And overall, by far the best part of DEF CON is just meeting new people. It's, you'll find the most interesting people in the entire world, hands down, at DEF CON. And really, everyone you talk to is going to be interesting. And that's... The ability to make connections with fellow hackers in that way is just by far the most valuable part of the experience to me. Oh, I'm sure. That's awesome. I also, uh, I would imagine walking around uh, DEF CON, one must be pretty tight on their own personal security, yes? <laughs> um, well, 
have a funny story. Well, I don't have a story about this. My yeah, lay on me. They, he was at DEF CON, I think it was like 10 years ago. He mm-hmm. connects to the Wi-Fi. And he finds a file on his desktop. <laughs> when he double-clicks the file, he, it, it's, it's a text file. It just says, like, hey, you really should uh-huh. not connect to the Wi-Fi. I could have owned your computer right there. Now, oh I, I happen to use Cubes, which is a highly secure OS. It's based off um, the same technology that powers AWS. It's mm-hmm. uh, by far the most secure operating system in the world. So I don't worry too much about my own personal like cybersecurity. Um, mm-hmm. And in general, it's improved in, past, in the past years. But I mean, you're going to a hacker meetup. Like, you do. Right. <laughs> right. You can't stay in a hacker meetup, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the tricks of the trade. It's what you're there to see, right? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I did. Cool. Well, um, real quick, I'm going to read an excerpt from the New York Times uh, article that talked about you. Um, cool. So launching into that. Uh, so seven judges graded the submissions this year. Uh, the top scorers were Cody 3, Array 4, and Cody 2. Uh, two of those handles came from yourself, Cody Ho, uh, a student at Stanford University studying computer science with a focus on AI. Uh, he entered the contest five times, during which he got the chatbot to tell him about a fake place named after a real historical figure and describe the online tax filing requirement codified in the 28th Constitutional Amendment, which doesn't exist. Um, I also heard that you walked out without knowing that you had won. Is that true? That's true. Like, <laughs> that part of the article, well, the entire article is accurate, at least oh. But especially that part, that's completely accurate. I got an email about 12 noon mm-hmm. Sunday. And at that point, I was sitting in my room. I was like, I was about to take a nap, like 500 miles away. So I, like I, my room in San Jose, 500 miles uh-huh. away from DEFCON. Oh, wow. And I, I got an email saying, hey, come back to AIVU1. And I'm like, well, that's going to be a minor issue. Um, I didn't know if that meant I went first. I just, or if I was top three or top 10 or what, but... Um, that, that's all true, though. Uh, that that happened. Uh, I, I've been told that my my GPU is coming in the mail. Uh, so far, has not has not arrived, but I'll wait weeks before getting in their ass about it. But I will make sure it arrives, though. I'm very I'm quite interested in ensuring that I have access to my A6000. I would imagine that is a what four thousand dollar graphics card. Uh, MSRP is four six hundred. On, on wow. eBay, it's like about thirty six hundred. But point being, okay. that it's a it's a large enough chunk of change to where I definitely gonna make sure that it ends up like I end up having access to it. Oh, of course, no, and and well deserved. Uh, may I also point out that you won not just the top spot, but two out of the three top spots. <laughs> yeah, that was actually the way a strategy worked was that when you're in the competition, you're only allowed to interact with every LOM once. So what I would do is I'd bring in a piece of paper. You're not allowed to bring a laptop. You have to use the laptop to give you. You can't type in your own laptop on the side. So I had a piece of paper next to me where I wrote down the code name for all the challenges and write down my prompt like, or like, a few words of my prompt. And then I had a, like, basically a, a, man, like a handwritten spreadsheet containing whether or not each prompt was successful in each model. So I took, did the competition. It was actually four times, not five. That's like, the only inaccuracy I could find. That, that's my mistake. I told her five. So um, that was on me. And essentially, just, yeah, I essentially just did a whole bunch of trial runs where I would go in, I would try my prompt, I would write down if it worked or not, and then I'd move on. And it turns out that my trial run was enough to get third place. And even the final run I did, I actually 
funny like funny story about this. I didn't I didn't tell about times this, but that final run, I was actually quite mad because I was planning one more run, like my fifth run, where I would go all out and I wouldn't actually like write anything down. But due to how the timing worked out, I wasn't actually able to do a final run because the village closed before I was able to. And then so my so that Cody three, the run ended up winning first place. I actually didn't go all out. I had like a whole red sea of prompts I didn't use because I was just trying oh, to. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I can't bitch and moan and complain because I, I also uh, won. At the same time, right. I, like, what, like, what could I have gotten if I had been able to do that? So, okay. So you, you talked about some of the prompts and, and this is a really interesting thing that I want to make sure I, I get kind of your opinion on. So you um, are a hacker, have worked in security, right? Um, on a zero to 10 scale, how easy was it to hack an LLM relative to other systems that you've that you've hacked? Uh, it's hard to answer that because there's been some systems that I've attacked where it really, really is just like you you ask for it just you just ask it nicely and it just gives you everything. Like there isn't a whole bunch of apps at Stanford, uh, startups like legitimate apps, um, thousands of people's, people's data where they're just running in debug mode. And you can just ask the database for anything and just give you anything back. Like, it, it was really sad, <laughs> um, frankly. It was, it was inexcusable. Um, so compared to that, it's not trivial. I'd say, like, I mean, just a three, perhaps. But at the end of the day, these large language models are not hard to hack, though. And the thing with hacking large language models is that it's accessible to the average person. Because it's natural language. It's, like, no, not hack a database. Even if there's no security, it requires you to understand how a database works, how schemas work, uh, how networking works, and how, how web apps work, which I, which I understand, obviously, but like an average person has to read about all this stuff. Even, so even if it's trivial and it just gives you all the data, you have to figure out how you make the request and do all the stuff. Whereas with large language models, they're, again, it's natural language. I can, you know, you've, I'm sure everyone has told a lie at some point in their history. At some point, people in their history have talked to someone with an agenda, trying to get something from them. Everyone knows these skills. So the barrier to entry is just significantly lower than any other area of computer science. I see. So that's really the concern is, is that it's not so much that it's easier. It's just that it's accessible. Somewhat. There's a yeah. phrase in computer science that with with many eyes, all bugs are shallow, which mm -hmm. I agree with. Um, at the same time, though, the majority of users are not adversarial. And if mm -hmm. the user is adversarial, the threat model changes. Like if your goal, for example, is to get the model to say something racist, that's your goal. You're actively, you're, you're an adversarial user, you're doing a prompt injection, your goal is to get the model to say something racist, you'll probably be successful. At the same time, though, the, you can argue that that doesn't really matter because if your goal is to see something racist, you can do that with 4chan. It's not very difficult. You don't need that GPT for that. Uh, whereas if you're a regular user and you're not a hacker, you're not adversarial, you shouldn't see something racist unless you explicitly ask for it because like, that, that's an obvious harm. So the threat model is a bit different in this case. Like there's, I think one thing that the GRT, which that's what the challenge was called, um, did a very good job of was they separated the scenarios into prompt injection, 
adversarial attacks and non-prompt injection, and the overwhelming majority of tasks were not prompt injections. So the majority of tasks were, were regular case, average user, confused, doesn't know how LLMs work, but average user, which I like, because that's what people should be most worried about. Because while LLMs are just text, and they can't talk to the internet, and they don't, and they can't call APIs, and they can't do this other stuff. The, the harm they can cause is limited to text. And as long as we can solve the average case of the confused user, I think that's like we'll be in a pretty good place. Because again, if your goal is to be adversarial and see something racist, just go on 4chan. Who cares if uh, if ChatGPT does the same thing? Right, right. But but when it comes to you know like core security vulnerabilities, things like. Um you know, my name is credit card number, what is my name, or something like that. Is is that something that the average person necessarily needs to be concerned about? No. Um, there's definitely some private information embedded in these models. You have to remember, if this private information is embedded in these models, that means at some point it's public on the internet and it's scraped, which means it's also not that private. Um, so I'd, I'd worry much more about whoever curated the data set, just opening up control F credit card number and then finding it like that, um, including a large language model. What is a very big worry, which is the future, is when these models can, can connect to the internet and you can um, get to APIs. For example, ChatGPT recently lost ChatGPT plugins, which is a great feature. It lets you connect it to all these different apps and do all this cool stuff, but it makes it more useful as an assistant. At the same time, if it can connect, connect to your bank account as you, that's pretty scary, in which case the domain changes. And you have to be really damn sure that this model isn't going to send $10,000 to Russia or something like that. Um, right. So when it comes to LLMs using tools, that's what I'm going to call it because that's what I called it in my research, that's a much bigger worry than LLMs just giving you advice and giving you text. Because then the adversarial user isn't just saying something racist. It's stealing money from other people. Right. It's you know, causing legitimate harm upon the world. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. Well, Cody, uh, out of respect for your time, I'm going to let you go. But I, I just want to say thank you so much for your perspectives. Congratulations again. And I am rooting for you to get that graphics card in the mail soon. Of course. Thank you so much, Max. I appreciate it. It's great being on here, man. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate your time.